This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing? Awesome, awesome. We're glad to see you. Hey, just wanted to give you a quick update on our project that we have going on. We, uh, uh, this past week, they've been cutting our floors, and I don't want to get into all that, but they're cutting the top layer off our cement floors and, and make it look real cool looking, and, and so they're getting that done. That's, a, that's about a two-week project, and, and they're doing, still doing some electrical work, so we're getting close. I think next week, they have our chairs going in. I think September 17th, they'll They'll be here, so I think that's next week, isn't it? What day is it? I've been on vacation. <laughs> you know, you feel bad you come off vacation, so I say, do you have a restful time? Well, yeah, but I'm, I'd like another vacation, you know, so I slept way too much and uh, get lazy. And so, uh, no, anyway, but next, next week they'll be start installing our chairs, and, and so, uh, hey, we're getting, getting close, getting close, and so we're excited about it, and course we still have a lot of renovation to do in, in this building you see the sprinkler systems those are very attractive and and uh, but it is for youth and kids so you know they don't know the difference right so uh, no we're gonna we're gonna fix it up for them and and uh, so if you would like to give towards that project we're believing God for you know thirty five thousand uh, dollars in addition to what we've already done and have to, to put into this this building and uh, you so you know today would be great to have all that money to c- come in so we can get started but uh, hey we're just we're trusting the Lord and so no pressure at all never never been any pressure never will be any pressure just if the Lord puts it on your heart to do something uh, or if you just want to do something purpose in your own heart to to do it and and we will receive in Jesus name and believe that the Lord will will multiply it back to you just like his word says and so uh we, we thank you for that. I think so far about, uh, I think around 10, I haven't, hadn't really looked at the numbers for the past week, but I think right around nine or $10,000 has come in. So we have a little ways to go, but we don't have all the way to go, right? And so, uh, so that's good. Amen? Amen? Well, let's pray and we're going to get into uh, part two of our message series. We're calling it You Asked For It. And this is a uh, a series of messages based upon a survey we did this past Easter where you told us some things that you would like to hear taught on us. So we took the top five or six responses to that and we're making a message series out of it. You know, Jesus did this quite often. Someone would come to him, you know, hey, and they would say, hey, can you teach us how to pray? And so he, he just kind of went away from his agenda and he just taught them how to pray, right? And so somebody said, well, you ought to, uh, you should be hearing from God on what to teach on. Well, I believe that I am hearing from God, but you know, there's, there is 52 Sundays in a, in a, in a, in a year, right? And, uh, people do have questions and they do have things that really interest them. And so, uh, I, I, I you know, I feel like this, that you're going to pay more attention to something you want to hear than something that you don't want to hear. <laughs> is that, I mean, you've been a kid before and some of you had kids, you know, that's the truth. You talk about what they want to talk about, then they'll, they'll pay attention. But something else, you know, they're, they're off the charts. So anyway, looking forward to this morning. It's going, to be, it's going to be really good. We're going to be helped. So let's pray. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we, we magnify you. We give you thanks and praise for all of your goodness in our life. And, and Lord, right now, we all, just with uplifted hands and uplifted heart, Lord, we acknowledge the Holy Spirit in this place. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would, you would speak. 
You would speak into our life. You would speak into our heart. You would speak into our circumstance this morning. You would speak into our problems. You'd speak into our life. We thank you for it. And I, I thank you that we're not just hearers of the word this morning, but we're doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to turn with me at two places in your Bibles. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, and then also John chapter 16. First Corinthians chapter 12 and John chapter 16. So one of our top responses was, you know, the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And so that's what we're going, we're going to teach on this morning is the Holy Spirit and his gifts. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Paul's writing to the, the, the Corinthian church. And he said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. So he's talking to believers. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to believers. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Everybody say ignorant. Dumb. <laughs> right. No, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Well, if he didn't want them to be ignorant way back then, he doesn't want us to be ignorant today about spiritual gifts. And actually, if you, if you study this out in the original Greek, he's, what he's saying, that, you know, he said, now concerning things pertaining to the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. Things pertaining to the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. And there is a gross ignorance in the church uh, with things pertaining to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit himself. And all you have to do is just listen to people talk for a short period of time and they refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Well, the Holy Spirit's not an it. Uh, right, he's a he, not a she, a he. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so, uh, not an it. I mean, how, you know, how blessed would you be if you walked through the door and say, oh, there it is. <laughs> I mean, would that bless you if, if you were referred to as an it? Well, it doesn't bless the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And you don't need a body. A body is not necessary to constitute a person. Right? I mean, if, if, when, when, when you die, you see, you're not, you're, not just a, you're not a physical being who has a spirit. You are a spiritual being who has a soul, and you live in a body. Well, when this body dies, that doesn't mean that you cease to exist. You're still you. Somebody said, well, we know each other when we get to heaven. Well, let me ask, do you know each other now? Because it's going to be you that's there, not somebody else. And so you'll be there with, with all your, 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 your mind. You see, your mind is spiritual. Your, your, your mind is not natural. And the mind and the brain are not the same thing. The brain is physical. The mind is spiritual. Your, your mind houses all your memory, all your emotion, all your thought, right? And so your mind, somebody said, well, they, some, so-and-so lost their mind. You, you, no, you don't lose your mind. Your brain can stop functioning, but you don't lose your mind, all right? 
So it's important that we realize that we're not just a physical being. We are spiritual beings created in the image and the likeness of God who is a spirit. And the Holy Spirit, of course, is a spirit. And Paul said concerning things pertaining to the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. And so there's a lot of ignorance. In in Acts chapter 19, Paul came to the upper coast of Ephesus and he found some people there. They they seemed to be disciples. And and he, he asked them, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, Holy Spirit, what's that? What's the Holy Spirit? We hadn't heard of a Holy Spirit before. What's the Holy Spirit? And so they were ignorant. Well, we don't need to be ignorant pertaining things pertaining to the Holy Spirit. We certainly don't need to be ignorant of Him. We were singing about Him. He's the third person of the in the Godhead, right? The Spirit of God. Jesus refers to Him as the Helper, as the Comforter. As the standby. Unfortunately, people just let him stand by. (laughs) Nowhere to employ him. Right? We are to to acknowledge him. We We are to allow him to speak into our life and speak into our heart and lead us and guide us and help us and strengthen us and give us advantage and 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 all kinds of things. So Paul's talking to these Corinthians here, and he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. And he began to talk to them about them being carried away unto these dumb idols because they were, you know, they worshipped, even, even in the church back in this day, they, they were worshipping idols. And he said, and Paul called them dumb idols because they couldn't speak. He said, don't be carried away to these dumb idols which you, you were led he said, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then he begins to talk about uh, what we call, refer to as the gifts of the Spirit. Now, let me just say this before we get started, because there are some warnings. There are some things that we need to, to understand about the gifts of the Spirit. One thing we need to understand about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are not a mark of maturity. They're not a mark of spirituality. Paul, he's writing to the Corinthians, which he said that you don't come behind in any gift, but yet they were the most carnal bunch of people that he ever had to deal with. I mean, they had all kind of sexual immorality going on in the church. I mean, just unspeakable things. And and they had all this stuff going on, but they didn't come behind in any gift. So the gifts of the Spirit is not a mark of maturity, it's not a mark of spirituality. And some people have elevated to that point that, you know, because they, they, they operate or they, God's used them in this and, and people look to them like they're spiritual. Look, you don't, you, don't, you don't gauge anyone's spirituality by their gifts. Let me say it like this. We don't gauge and measure anyone's spirituality by their charisma. We measure spirituality by character, not charisma. And we should always put character above charisma. Are you listening? There's got to be character before charisma. And this word, we said charisma, well, with this word gift, when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, we're talking about it's, it's the word charis, where we get our word charismatic, 
And let me just say this. The Holy Spirit is not charismatic. He doesn't belong to our denomination. <laughs> Are you listening? He's for all believers, and all believers have access to him, right? And so let's, let's move on. So it's not, a, it's not a mark of spirituality. It's not a, it's not a mark of maturity. It just means that, that somebody has learned to yield to him. But you don't have to be mature to yield to him. And some of these same people here that were yielding to him at times, they were also yielding to evil spirits at times because Paul said, you're being carried away by these dumb idols and, and things get to happen and into a service and, and some of you, are, you're, you're calling Jesus accursed. You're under the wrong influence. Are you listening? All right, so he goes on to talk about verse 4. There, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. And then verse 7, he says, but the manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, and this is where we begin to get into what we refer to as the gifts of the Spirit. It's the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the profit of all. Everybody say, for the profit of all. So here, here's another warning about the, the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are not to make you look good. The gifts of the Spirit are not to profit you personally. They're to profit other people, right? The, the gifts of the Spirit aren't for you to impress people with. Y'all listening real good? Lots of this going on. It's not so that you can be seen or that I can be seen, but that, that people can see Jesus. So he's, he's talking about the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone, each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so I want you to notice this, that that. All of these gifts, it says, you know, do you notice that? By the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, by the same Spirit. All of these gifts are supernatural. They're not natural. And the way sometimes people talk about these things, an unbeliever could operate in these things. But these gifts are not, they're not natural gifts. They're not natural aptitudes. They're, they're not a natural bent to your life. They are supernatural. And the church is supposed to be supernatural. And your life personally is supposed to be supernatural. You know, there's something wrong. If our life, if we don't have an edge to us that the world doesn't have, that just means that we're not living near about in the, 
the degree that God has designed that we live by because he's designed us to live supernaturally. Are you listening? Not just, not just as mere men, but people who have the Holy Spirit living in them and people who have the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through them, through these gifts. Okay. Here, here's, another, here's another flag. It's not going to be flags all day, but we need to get, you know, this is a, kind of a one-shot thing for right now, so we need to get some of this out there. The Holy Spirit is not goofy. <laughs> Are you listening? He, he's not goofy. He's not weird. And sometimes people act like, you know, the weirder you act, the more spiritual you are. No, the Holy Spirit's not like that at all. Matter of fact, you can't get any more normal than Jesus. I mean, he was so normal that unbelievers wanted to hang around him, right? I mean, tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes, they all wanted to be around him. Not because his eyes were rolling back in his head. <laughs> are you listening? Wasn't walking around doing the, you know, the hemi shake and all that. I mean, you, you. you can't get any more anointed than him, or any more used than him. But the Holy Spirit's not goofy, and you don't have to be goofy. You see what we pay? Well, I can't. I can't. That's no. We we must understand that the Holy Spirit flows through. A vessel sometimes that's goofy. <laughs> but he's not goofy. <laughs> he's not goofy. Sometimes the vessel's goofy. But we can all change. Amen. Amen. And so let me say this, that the, the Holy Spirit will never drive you to do something. Somebody said, well, I, I just couldn't help it. So, I, you know, just blurt out in the service, well, I just couldn't help it. But yeah, you can. If it's the Holy Spirit, you can help it. It's the devil, I mean, you might feel a little bit more pressure, but the Holy Spirit's not going to drive you. He's not going to push you. He'll prompt you. He'll prompt you. Right? And then you follow his promptings, and it'll be decent. It'll be in order. It'll be edifying. It'll be helpful. It'll be profitable. Everybody get blessed. Right? Okay. So he talks about these, these, these gifts. So if you're taking notes, I don't, I don't think we have these. We, I know we don't have these notes because I usually do the notes and I didn't do any. <laughs> but if you are taking notes and you, you can write these down, there, there's actually three categories of gifts. There's, there's three gifts that say something. It's, and let me just give these to you. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but different kinds of tongues. 
Now, different kinds of tongues is not somebody who's learned different languages. Any unbeliever could do that. These gifts are supernatural. Different kinds of tongues. And different kind of tongues are used in two different arenas, in a public arena. And also, and more importantly, in private arena. So there's different kinds of tongues. There's interpretation of tongues, which can be used in public arena or private arena. And then there's prophecy. And I don't want to, I don't want to get into it because I've got somewhere I want to go w- with this, but prophecy. And, but I will say this, prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy as mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, has no foretelling to it. So when somebody talks about prophecy, they're thinking predicting the future. Now that goes beyond prophecy. We'll get into it. And so the simple gift of prophecy is not predicting the future. It's just simply speaking to men or to yourself to edification, exhortation, and comfort. You're speaking for God, but you're not bringing any kind of prediction. It's just edification, exhortation, and comfort. And we all ought to be doing that to, for ourselves and to one another. So, well, I don't know. The Bible says you can all prophesy. That doesn't mean you can all predict the future. And you shouldn't try to predict the future. Amen? Everybody do. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. This, this is important. So there's three gifts that say something. There's three gifts that, that do something. Three gifts that do something is, of course, the... Uh, the gift of faith, which the gift of faith believes God for a miracle. The, the working of miracles, working of miracles has nothing to do with healing. A lot of times we refer to healing as, as, as a miracle, and it might be a miracle of healing, but it's not the working of miracles per se. Working of miracles would be like multiplying the loaves and the fish, like turning water into wine. It's a, it's a supernatural intervention, intervention in the ordinary course of nature. Okay, so that'd be the working of miracles and, and then uh, gifts of healings, not, not the gift of healing. There's no such thing as the gift of healing. It's the gifts of healings. And I guess why it's plural is because there's not just one kind of sickness. There's categories. And what works, you know, what some person may be especially anointed and they have a a prominent gift in their life to minister to uh, maybe people with cancer or or whatever and so it's uh, it's prominent there okay so that's three gifts that that do something and then there's three gifts that reveal something and that's what I want to camp out on three gifts that reveal something which is the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits, not the discerning of demons. <laughs> discerning of spirits. So the, the, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. So let me just, let me just put it in. in uh, and really, since we don't have time to go on, there's, there's, there's three, three authors that I would recommend you reading after that I, I would be comfortable in recommending to you if you want to study the gifts of the Spirit more. Kenneth E. Hagen, Howard Carter, or Lester Summerall. Yes. Okay, so if you, if you want to study, uh, you know, Kenneth E. Hagen, 
Lester Summerall or Howard Carter. They, they all three have books on this, and they all gone to be with Jesus, but their books remain, and, and they're solid, okay? Now, it's interesting to me, and I was thinking about this. I need to come down here. So we're going to have a problem in the new church because I, I can't just jump off the stage every time. <laughs> Should have built a little platform out there. Yeah. I should have built one had a motor in it, just, boop, just. <laughs> or better yet, a deeper one. I can just stand up there and just rise up out of it. That'd been better. <clears throat> and now I forgot where I was going. <clears throat> what was I talking about? Well, I know that. I know all that. <clears throat> But I don't know where I was going. What's that? Yes. Right. Carter. Yep. They go on to heaven. Their books are still here. And I still have no idea where I was going with that. <clears throat> Lord help us. And I don't have notes, so, you know, that's, that doesn't help either. <clears throat> so, anyway, we can just make something up as we go then. I'm talk- huh? Okay. Hey, y'all don't, y'all don't tell me anymore because I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm getting way off on it now. So, uh, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> put it, put it in rewind. Hey, y'all, y'all don't use the service for the, for the online, too much banter back and forth, but it's good to have fun in church, right? It's good to have fun. So we're talking about the gifts of the spirit today. <clears throat> There's three gifts that say something, three gifts that do something, there's three gifts that reveal something. Amen. And uh, at, at, at any point, any of us could be used in one of these. Now, you can't just turn them on and off as you want to, and it doesn't work that way, and you shouldn't push and press. Uh, for God to use you like this. Here's an interesting thought back down here in the uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse, uh, let me find the verse. Verse 31, Paul says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire the best gifts. And uh, I'll show you even a more excellent way, and of course, that more excellent way, he flows right into 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when he was talking about the way of love. You see, love is not self-seeking. Love is not going to try to lift me up. Love is not going to try to, uh, you know, if when I have the love of God working in me, I'm not trying to impress anybody. And, you know, we don't need to try to impress anybody. We just need to be, we just need to make sure that that the love of God's flowing through us and others are being built up, not so that we're impressing or looking good, but so that people are seeing Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so he, but he says, earnestly desire 
the best gifts. Now, he wasn't saying, now, Daniel, I want you to earnestly desire the best gifts for you. No, he's talking to the whole body here. He's talking to the whole church. And as the church, he said, I want you to, as the church corporately, I want you to hunger for these things. I want you to earnestly desire for the best gift. So somebody said, what's the best gift? Well, the one that's needed right now Amen. would be the best one, right? The one that's needed right now would be the, the best, but he said earnestly desire the best gifts, plural. So if you want to look at it this way, the best gifts in each category, the best gift and the gifts that, that say something would be the gift of prophecy because it takes tongues and interpretation to equal prophecy. The best gifts that would do something would be the gift of faith. The best gift that will re reveal something would be the word of wisdom. So let me, let me just, so I want to talk about these, these gifts that reveal something and then show you how we can begin to earnestly desire these and even probably even tap into this and be more aware in our life. Because I'm convinced of this, you know, Jesus said this of God. He said, my father's always working. Well, he's always working, but he's always working through the advocacy of the Holy Spirit. That's how he works is through the Holy Spirit. And he said, my father's always working. The, the, the issue is you and I are not always aware, and so we're not always cooperating with him. And while he's trying to manifest something, he's trying to bless somebody, he's trying to do something, we're thinking about something else. We've got our head somewhere else. We've got our heart somewhere else. We have our affection somewhere else. We have our desire somewhere else. We're not really paying attention. And so it just kind of goes right by us. He said, well, if it was God, I would know. No, many, many times, I mean, the Holy Spirit can be so subtle. Because he's not pushy like the devil is. He's not pushy like your flesh is. Is your flesh pushy like mine? Yeah, I mean, does your flesh ever get pushy and demanding? and Yeah. That's the way the devil is. That's the way the flesh is. But that's not the way the Holy Spirit is. That's right. So he said, earnestly desire the best gifts. And so these revelation gifts, the word of wisdom. And, 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 oh, I, I remember what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I better talk about it before I forget it again. So uh, it's interesting to me that, that Paul is the only one who talked about what we talk about, the gifts of the Spirit. Gee, I mean, Jesus mentioned tongues, but he didn't, he didn't really, he didn't teach on it. Or, so Paul mentions it, but he never defines it. So how do we know the definitions of all these other people are right? Well, we don't. But if you study out the Word of God and you look at the Word of God and you look at the occasion where, where God was moving supernaturally, you can begin to see these things and how I believe these men, these three men, they, they agree in their testimony that, you say, what three men? Howard Carter, Kenneth Hagin, and Lester Summerall. They, they agree in their testimony about how these gifts are defined. So Paul didn't, he, he mentions these gifts, but he never defines these gifts. But we see these things at work. We see the supernatural at work in the church. And so it's not as important that we define them. What's as important is that we yield to the Holy Spirit 
It's more, it's more important, important to learn to yield to him and be aware of him than know the definition. But just for the sake of this morning, the word of wisdom always has to do with the future. It always has to do with the future. And it's not wisdom. It's not the gift of wisdom. It's the word of wisdom. Word is a, is a part of a sentence. It's, it's a fragment of God's wisdom. So anything to do with the future. The word of knowledge is anything to do with the current or the past. The current or the past. Okay? When you, and so, the word of knowledge and then discerning of spirits is uh, any, kind, any kind of vision or dream would fall under this. I've had numerous visions and dreams. When I was younger, I had visions. When I got older, I started having dreams because you said your young men would see visions, your old men would dream dreams. So, visions and dreams would all fall under the discerning of spirits. And it's really your, God is in, enabling you to see something, not with your physical eyes, but with the eyes of your heart. Okay, well, we listen because this is important to you as, a, as, as an individual person in the body of Christ. As an individual believer, this is important that you learn how to function and flow in these things. Not, and really, for your own benefit. And we'll get into it. So the word of wisdom, I mean, you think about this. When, when prophets in the Old, Old Testament, they, 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 they predicted and saw and prophesied about kingdoms coming on to the stage of human history before they were ever born. I mean, they, they, would, they would give them, they, they, would, they would talk about their character and they'd prophesy their character and, you know, like a lion or like a, like a bear. And, and they would prophesy. The whole book of Revelation, practically, is a word of wisdom. And much of it hasn't even been fulfilled yet. But thousands of years ago, somebody predicted, and some of it's been fulfilled, and we've seen it, but there's still much, much of it that hasn't been fulfilled, but I believe we're getting close. Oh, yes. How many of you believe Jesus is coming soon? Yes. So, well, how soon? Sooner than yesterday. That's right? right? <laughs> we're a day closer. Now, turn with me, if you would, to John, the 16th chapter, and let's look and see how this would benefit your life, and then we're going to just talk just a few minutes of how we can we can tap in. Is that all right with everybody? Yeah. And we can tap in in John the sixteenth chapter. Jesus said in verse seven, He said, "I tell you the truth; it is to your advantage that I go away." Now He's talking to His to twelve disciples. He'd been with them for three and a half years. I mean, He's He's teaching them. He's answering questions. He, I mean, he's there for them. I mean, they're seeing his power. They're seeing the miracles. They're seeing the healings. They're seeing everything. And, and Jesus one day he said, hey, guys, it's, it's to your advantage. I'm about to go be crucified, and I'm going to lay down my life, and I'm going to die. That's going to be better for you. Yes. And they're not saying yes. Sorrow begins to fill their heart. I mean, and, and they're no. You can't do that. I mean, you're Jesus. You're, you're the master. You're the Messiah. You can't do that. He said, no, it's to your advantage. Now, how many of you like the advantage? 
I mean, we, we like the advantage in sports. You know, teams hire a coach because it's going to give them the advantage. So Florida hired Dan Mullen to give them the advantage. And they lost to Kentucky. And so, you know, we, we, we like the advantage. And Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, see, not when it has come, when he has come, notice what he says in, in verse 13. When he has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you, or other translations say, show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, and he will show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine, and he will show it to you. Now, isn't that amazing? That, That God actually wants to show you stuff before it happens. Now, would that be an advantage to you? So I wonder if we can use that for the stock market. And I don't know if you can use it for the stock market or not, but he, he will lead you in your investments. But, but he's, not try, he's not trying to cheat, but he is trying to give you an advantage. And one way that he gives you the advantage is he shows you things to come. Especially things that would concern your life. He will show you things to come. He will take, I mean, how many of you know that God knows everything? Come on, y'all help me. Does God know everything? I mean, he knows the the total past and he knows the, the total future. He knows the complete future. He knows everything that's coming up. He knows every trap of the enemy. He knows every obstacle that you're going to confront. He knows every problem that's going to arise. He knows every roadblock. He knows everything. He knows who you're supposed to marry. He knows, you know, he, he knows where you, he knows what kind of car you should buy. He knows everything. Now, if he knows everything and he lives in us, why are we trying to do this by ourselves? Why are we, why are we attempting to do this by ourselves? If the one who knows everything, if the one who lives in us, Jesus said that he will show you things to come, why are we trying to get along by ourselves when we've got an advantage, but we're not even using the advantage that we have? It'd be like a college college coach going out and recruiting a five-star quarterback and sitting him on the bench. He's given us an advantage. And what would the advantage be? He said, he'll show you things to come. And there's things you need to know. There's things you need to know. There's things you need to know about your kids. There's things that you need to know about your life. There's, there's things that you need to know. And he's going to show you things to come. Well, that would be a word of wisdom. 
And he could use the vehicle of prophecy or he could use the vehicle of a vision, but he's going to show you things to come. Or he could just prompt you and it just, it's, <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't want to get too far in the weeds with this, but sometimes I'll have what I call many visions, like just little glimpses, little flashes, just and if you're, if, you're, if you're not paying attention, I'm sure there's been many, many times I haven't paid attention and just went right by me and I didn't, didn't get anything from it. But sometimes when I am paying attention, it's just a little glint and just see things. Just, and you say, well, is that me or is God? Well, I don't know. You know, you have to walk it out. And over time, you begin to test it and you begin to learn. You begin to grow. But many, many times this is God. Showing you something. This has happened. If it's happened one time, it's happened hundreds of times. Well, I say hundreds of times, not like I lose stuff all the time, but it's, it's happened more times than I can count where you misplace something. And that's good because I'm missing a Bible, my favorite Bible. I can't find it. He's going to show me where it is. So. And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, you misplace something. Car keys, wallet. And if your lady's missing your car keys, just check your purse. It's down there somewhere. I can guarantee you. You, you, got, you got to dig a while, but it's down there. Just dump out all the contents. You'll find them. No. And so, you know, I, I lose some car keys, and I said, the Holy Spirit, you know where those are. Does he know where the keys are? Does he know where your wallet is? Yes. Holy Spirit, you know where those are. <clears throat> and so once you acknowledge him in that, don't go scurrying through the house anymore. Sit down. And let him show you. So if it's happened one time, it's happened many, many times that I, I've misplaced something. And I'll, and I'll just, Holy Spirit, where is that? I know you know where it is. And I'll, I'll just sit down somewhere. And then, you know, just, I'll look, poof, just this picture comes up of, you know, it could be between the seats of the car or somewhere. And he just shows you. It's happened so many times. He just shows, and you go there. Yep, there they are right there. Now, they're right where you left them, but you forgot where you left them. Right. <laughs> it's not like the devil hit them from you, but I mean, it's right where you left them, but you forgot where you left them, but the Holy Spirit knows where they are. That's right. So that's simple, but he'll do this with big things too. Amen. He'll show you, everybody, he'll show me. And they say, well, I'm not spiritual enough. You remember, you, the, these things are not a mark of spirituality. You don't have to be spiritual to get this. You just have to be aware. So how, how do we get more aware? So I want to move on so, because we, we can talk about this all day. But how do we get more aware? Look with, if you would, in Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians, the third chapter, and I need to... Wrap it up here. Verse 1 says, If then you were raised with Christ, and if you're a believer, you have been, seek those things which are 
above where Christ sits on the right hand of God, set your mind or your affection, and I like that better, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So this is how you can become more aware. Spend more time thinking about the things of God. Set your affection on things above. Set your desire on things above. You see, this goes back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 31. He says, covet earnestly or desire earnestly the best gifts. Where well, these are heavenly things. Yes. So if we as a group, as we have a people, we just say, Lord, we just, we just, we, we desire. We desire these gifts. We desire these gifts. You know, just two Sundays ago, I was preaching, and, and I forget what part of the service it didn't happen in both services. It doesn't happen like that all the time. And I could just, I could just tell, just coming up in me, just, just tongues and interpretation. I could, just, I could just, now, he didn't make me do it. You know, honestly, I could have just passed right over it. But, and, and I could, I didn't, I could have said what he wanted to say without saying it in tongues. But I felt like, and I believe that God wanted to give a demonstration of that. So, but he didn't make me do that. You see, the Holy Spirit's never going to make you. Well, I just couldn't help it. Yeah, you can help it. You can. So what do we do? We, we get our mind on heavenly things. We begin to desire. Holy Spirit, we want this. We want this. We desire this. I mean, for one, it, it gives us a great advantage over our enemy, right? I mean, the devil's got plans. I mean, you know, God's got plans. And he'll show you what He'll show, you, he'll show you what the devil's plans are. The devil doesn't know what God's plans are. He doesn't know everything. Right? So he's just trying to get in and just and get your mind off of what God has for you. Create a lot of clutter. Create some obstacles. Create some roadblocks. Create some problems. And God will show you. How to navigate around all that. He show you what's coming. Don't get in a conversation with them. He'll, he'll just he'll begin to he'll just begin to navigate you around all that. Amen. He wants to show you. He wants to show you. And we ought to be much more interested in this for our life than giving everybody else a word. I, you know, I, I got to quit here, but I, I really got to quit. Yeah, I got to quit. This, I want to save this. Okay. I need to hear from God for myself. That doesn't mean that somebody, see, I didn't quit. It doesn't mean that somebody else can't come up 
alongside and bring something that's confirmation. But if somebody comes and they, they say, I got a word for you, and they give me a word, and it's like a news headline that I've never seen before, and I've never, uh, it's never dawned on me before, that ain't God. Well, the Lord shows me you're supposed to go to China. Oh, really? I guess I'll pack my bags. And you pack your bag and you get your airline ticket and find out, go all the way to China. You're out of the will of God. Right, right. If it was news to you, Amen. it wasn't God. That's right. No, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. He leads you into all truth. You don't need some, some intermediary. You don't need somebody else. You don't need somebody else to tell you what God's saying to you. Are you listening? You need to hear from God for yourself every day. And one way you do that, he shows you things to come. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have your affection on him. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, my affection, my desire is on the Lord. Amen. So how do you do that? Read your Bible and pray every day. Real simple. In the morning, at noontime, when the sun goes down, praise the Lord. Think about God. Amen. Amen. Father, we give you thanks and praise. We worship you. Lord, we thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we're a supernatural church. We're not just doing life and going through life naturally, but we're going through life supernaturally with, with an advantage over our enemy. We thank you for it. Father, I thank you that during this service, you've been drawing people to yourself. And I thank you that you've been speaking to hearts and you've been speaking to lives. And Lord, I pray for those who need to come into a right relationship with you right now. I thank you that their heart is stirred. I thank you that you've been speaking to them. And Father, I pray that they would surrender their whole heart and their whole life to you right now. With every head to bow and every eye closed, I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the front. I'm not going to ask anybody to stand. If you're, you're in here right now and during this service, you just, felt, you just felt like on the inside something was just kind of pulling you and prompting you. And, and you know if that's the case or not. Just on the inside, I mean, you know that God's dealing with your heart to get your life right with him. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to make you stand, but just right there you are with an uplifted hand. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, we're going to pray for you. Okay, so let's do it. You be bold. This is how you learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. That's you. Thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands all over the room. Awesome. Good. That's wonderful. You see, if you can learn to follow him in this, you can learn to follow him in anything. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. Change me. Make me brand new. Flow through me. Give me power. I thank you for it. Amen.